0: Hi everybody! No, seriously. Um, hey everybody, welcome to the Royals FC show. I'm Vircho and with me I've got Ryan and our good friend Lucas. You know him from taking pictures or from writing sweet articles or asking players and coaches questions uh, during trainings and practices. Everybody knows Lucas.
1: Hi guys, so thanks. Hi Lucas. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, always, you, always
2: good times getting new people on the show. I know Definitely. it's it's
1: crazy. It's been a full season of this show, and you know I'm just excited to be making my uh, off season debut.
2: That's right. It is the yeah off season. Ugh, horrible word. Somebody asked me the I can't remember if that was today or another day. Anyway, it was like, oh, you know, how's the team doing or what's going on with the team? I'm like, oh, they're not playing right now. It is <laughs> sad.
1: It is sad. But we have a solid backup in the W League, so that is exciting.
2: We do. We do, which is kind of like what we're going to talk about today a little bit.
0: You know, the W League is so interesting, and I'm surprised how much I've gotten into it. Because it's sort of like... I mean, it actually is. Take all your players and put them on loan, and then see them in different uniforms playing... With people who play for other NWSL teams. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. I mean, you know, like imagine if a quarter of Real Salt Lake went on loan to like Japan. And so Kyle Beckerman was playing for some like Japanese club from like December to February.
2: But like with, but like with, you know, um, Zlatan and Chris Wondolowski on his team
0: yeah exactly yeah.
1: like that's that's it's what it's like so
0: different yeah. I know it's like it's and, so and like,
1: players like landon donovan for example have done that like gone over to everton in the off season but um i can't really think of anyone i'm sure that i'm wrong but anyone with rsl that's done that so this does feel like a really foreign concept to me and seeing the player announcement um uh like posts from these different clubs in the w league look super bizarre it's weird to see gunny in this like all red kit playing for a different team mm-hmm. and can what's we admit
0: fun... that kit's awful before we the, say anything else. the adelaide kit yeah can we just say it's really gross it's i don't it's i don't land it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> it's very liverpool-esque
2: uh, yeah. so did you um but, but no like like i i just looked at this article for the first time the other day on the NWSL website they broke down like every player from our league that's in australia right now i mean i haven't counted it wow. but it's like this quick glance and it's like it looks like it's like 30 people wow like it's absolutely insane how many nwsl players are there right now
1: you should and share that because that
2: that is really would be really interesting to see i think that's even more than last year like i'll go drop that in our in our chat for the show but it's like i it blew my mind because i i mean i knew how many royals players were there um but i did not realize and i watched a bit of that um west sydney versus sydney fc game um just to watch um miramontes and levanta play for a bit and but then like, Sydney FC had all these players that I'm like, I know them. They play. Oh, wow. It's just like, even in that one match, I saw so many. And then reading this list, it was just crazy how many there are. So
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, it really is like a preseason before the season. In terms of, you know, the NWSL, it's, it's very, very interesting. Um Real quick before we go and more into the W League, I feel like we should at least say this, even though anyone who listens to the show knows this. Um, but so the United States has qualified for the World Cup. Yay. Woo! So has Canada. Yeah. Not a big surprise. Um, but that's going to create a really, really interesting situation this summer because you have Becky Sauerbrunn, <clears throat> Kelly O'Hara, Kristen Press. Then you also have. Rachel Corsi, Desiree Scott, Diana Matheson. That's six players missing from your roster. Plus injuries, which of course will happen, but like we are really going to see the full extent of our roster. I think everyone on the roster is Bar injury is gonna play this year, and that's kind of exciting.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm super curious how the NWL handles that. Like I'm sure they'll have a break, but how long will it be and even just think, yeah, thinking about Iceland, like I feel really bad for for Gunnhildr, but sort of glad she's gonna be here because I don't think whatever break is gonna is gonna do it because we are more than any other team have the most international players. This is going this is gonna be the part of the season that hurts us the most
2: yeah uh, and i'm 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 trying to go back and look and see like what their break was like last like 4 years ago because i think it was pretty substantial but then i also don't think that they missed like i think there were some time some time missed um you know they have a little bit of luxury with NWSL that they don't have so, such a long season which oh. is um something i was going to mention that's why a lot of these players do go to australia because when you only play twenty four matches in one league, you're you're physically, you know, capable of going and playing another twenty or so matches in another league. And that would be like one um you know, like a European men's soccer team easily plays forty to fifty matches a year with Champions League and everything. So these ladies are just getting their work in. But um Yeah, it'll be interesting to see not only what the NWSL schedule is like, but also I think that's one of the reasons that the rosters are staying expanded from what had been previously done because they're giving these teams room to stock up on replacement players and practice squads and people to fill in when all these national teams disappear to
1: the most important thing that they have. Yeah. I, I do wonder if, um, was just looking at the six kind of seven Utah Rails players, uh, In the W League, like, you know, none of our U.S. national team players went. I wonder if they have a stipulation like before World Cup year, we don't want you to go. Or is it, you know, they're just at that level to where they don't really need any additional income or even the extra training to go and play Mm -hmm. somewhere overseas in the NWSL offseason. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure that I've ever seen. They may have something, you know, in their in their U.S. contracts that say they don't you know, play outside of NWSL, but I I don't think that I've ever seen any of our our national teamers go down there. It's usually the, uh, uh, for lack of a nicer way of saying this, the kind of the second tier of U.S. players go spend their time over there because um, at like you kind of said, the national team players are going to be playing friendlies at the international level and spending their off season doing um, you know things that they don't, you know, necessarily need that kind of experience. Um, So, yeah, I don't know um, why they don't go and do things like that.
0: I think it's also a money thing, too, right? Because U.S. Federation players are paid by the Federation, whereas the maximum salary in the NWSL is like $44,000 a year. So um, I think it's also very much need-based.
2: Sure.
1: Mm. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, and I've never seen the numbers on like what they make in Australia, but I I would imagine it's, you know, it certainly isn't more than NWSL. I would want to believe that our league is the sadly the highest paying league of, of any of them, but um yeah, yeah, a lot of them are looking for that that extra little bit of income. And, so they they head down south.
1: Yeah. It's interesting someone like, you know, Sam Kerr, who is obviously um Australian, but you know, she is just crushing it in NWSL. Um uh, sometimes crushing us, which is unfortunate. Uh <laughs> uh but also is you know, went back to Perth and is, you know, the for there, captain of that team, um and still playing for her national team. Like it's just it's an interesting comparison of like the Australian league versus the U S league, the Australian national team players versus the U S national team players. And I would, I would be curious to hear how that all shakes out where those decisions come from, if they're personal or if they're, you know, from your FA that's making that choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. That's and really Sam interesting. Kerr,
2: Sam Kerr, the cool thing about her this year is they've got this thing in both the men's and women's leagues in Australia that they have kind of like a, I, I don't know. I guess if we had an equivalent like that here, it would be like making a super designated player or something. That's like a like the league has made them like their featured star player. And I like well, guess the men have always had that, but I don't think the women have. But they did it this year, and Sam Kerr is that player, so she's getting this this extra recognition and focus and probably a little financial, you know, on the top too. But, um, you know, they're taking some big steps in, in leveling the field for the, for what they have too, making sure that they're like, if we're going to feature a guy, then we're going to feature one of the ladies too. And and have her stand out and, and be recognized for how, how good she is for our country. Um, which she certainly is. Yeah. She deserves yeah, that. Sure. That's
1: great.
0: And, you know, um, also with the Australian League is, you know, most teams also have an affiliate with the A-League. So uh, the facilities that a lot of the women get to use are sort of like a par with what you expect from a few NWSL clubs like the Royals in Portland, but it's more broad based. In fact, I may be wrong on this, but I think that Canberra United, the team that Rachel Corsi is actually the captain for, I'm pretty sure that's the only team that's not affiliated with an A-League team.
2: Yeah, I don't remember if they're—I don't remember if they're the one, but it's eight out of the nine teams are part of. You know, um, Western Sydney is a men's and women's team. Mm. Um, Melbourne City, oh. which is the you know like owned by the same people that own New York FC and um, Manchester City, um, have a men's and women's team in Australia. Yeah, Canberra might be the one outlier on that, but otherwise they're pretty strongly tied into their men's teams and they support each other, you know, fairly and help each other out. So they play in, yeah, the same stadiums and like the Sydney stadiums are huge.
0: Yeah, they're gigantic.
2: Some of the, those, the places the men play and they just have the ladies play there too. It's really
1: cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's, can... oh, sorry, Richard, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, Canberra is the only one not affiliated with an A-League team. Thanks, Internet.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at the the capacity numbers. It's really fascinating to see, like um, Canberra, like you said, 3,500. Uh, Adelaide United, 3,000. But then Sydney FC, 45,000 capacity. It's it's kind of crazy.
0: For sure. You know what I just realized. We were going to lead into this doing Austra- Australian accents and we didn't do it.
2: Maybe that's for the best. <laughs> it,
0: it it definitely is. I'll just have Draw to rewrite it. the chorus article. We'll, just have, to be, we'll just have to be
2: like, well, we can just drop like a, like a, crikey, she scored a stunning goal there. And, you know, something like, I don't know. <laughs> I
1: good. am so terrible at accents. Right? Uh, I'm so terrible at accents, but I watched two YouTube videos on how to do Australian accents today. In preparation uh-huh. for this podcast, um, well done. Not just for fun, uh, and uh, I still can't do it. Uh, but it was really interesting because, like, we're explaining like the "I" becomes sort of more of an like "oy" sound. So "like" then becomes "like," and like these little subtle things that you can yeah. do to like sort of pass off as an Australian accent is it, it was fun. And then I was like just trying to talk normally like that, and just it sounded like a terrible Cockney accent.
2: Yeah, yeah might either do that or you end up sounding scottish or something like it's it's bizarre it's hard. Yeah. its a tough Alex accent to nail down
1: it is
0: it is it really really is um all right so ditching the accents um so talking about some of the players that we have going over there so unless you've been living under a rock you probably already know this but we'll rehash it so Lola Bonta and Sidney Miramontas play for Western Sydney Wanderers. Rachel Corsi, uh, as we sort of already mentioned, is the captain of Canberra United. Um, which also, um, the fact that she's a captain, it seems like everywhere she goes is kind of interesting. Um, I almost wonder if when Becky retires, like, she would probably be the one to take over um regardless so gunny is with adelaide united um which is kind of cool uh there's an icelandic teammate of hers on that team uh katie stangle is with the newcastle jets samantha johnson is with melbourne and katrina gory is with bris brisbane roar
2: well specifically um sam johnson with melbourne victory not melbourne city
0: Oh yeah! Thanks for that, Ryan. Important,
2: important distinction. I got confused <laughs> about sure. that earlier today. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the tough. Like, there's two teams there, and there's two teams in Sydney, and it's like, which one are you talking about? Um, mm-hmm. So even in Australia, they have that whole like problem that we have with LA
1: and New York here, where you got to remember which team is... Mm-hmm.
0: For sure, and it's um, uh,
1: with you know the the recent games. It's really cool to see that everyone who's I think everyone whose team played, uh, they got minutes. Is that right? Or or I might be confused on that.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, Oh, nice. So so every Royals player got minutes, and and that's what we're going to continue to see.
1: I think they started, right? Because uh, the two teams that didn't play were Melbourne Victory and Newcastle Jets, and that's Sam Johnson and Katie Stengel, so... I think they're on so Thursday Melbourne so Melbourne Victory Oh, what's that? Played. They did play. So yeah.
0: Melbourne Victory played. Okay. It was Melbourne Wait. Yeah, yeah, Melbourne Victory played. The Newcastle didn't was Newcastle, play. Yeah. yeah. But no, you're right. Um and that's one of the things is so even though the W League is one of the best women's soccer leagues in the world, it's still a step below the NWSL. So when our players go on loan they're kind of shoo-ins for starting positions. So it just all adds up to the fact that it's preseason before the Mm preseason. You know, players on our team are going to have the opportunity to not only improve their skill sets and for their practice with different types of tactics, but you know, they're all going to get a lot of game time in it, which is cool. So kind of actually be surprised. Uh, if you see some of our players on the bench, especially considering how small the roster sizes are, if you look this weekend, um, the size of most teams' benches was four players. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just something to be on the lookout for. Sorry, Lucas, I think I cut you off.
1: No, no, I mean that—that's exactly what I was like, wanted to talk about. Like, it's it is great to see um, our players staying sharp, our players getting starts, like. Um, yeah, I think it's a benefit for the Royals that you know their their players are getting reps at at a competitive level.
0: Definitely. And Definitely. I'm.
1: And it really makes me want to track all the games to see like who is playing who. Like it's gonna be interesting to see Stengel go against Johnson, and I'm curious how how that you know one's a forward, one's a, a center back. How's that gonna go?
0: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. that's another thing that adds to the hype especially for me is that
2: and like one thing for me about stengel too is i'm I'm interested to see if she has um similar success to last year um last year's w league she finished like one or t- maybe two goals behind sam kerr for the golden boot which was um one of those things that got me really excited about her being a Royal was I thought, well, man, I hope she like carries over some of her scoring and it did take her some time to get going here, but, um, the level of competition is different, but you know, if she can get in a little groove again and come back here, ready to, to carry some scoring, um, that would be great for our team.
1: And didn't she, I mean, yeah. she won the golden boot lot this past season with the Royals. Didn't she win it when she was, um, uh, with Byron? She was. She one of the two years she
2: played there, she was the um she was definitely Bayern's scoring leader. She might have been the Bundesliga scoring leader that year too. I'm not I'd have to go back and look, but um
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I just, didn't know that. I, I didn't you know, I just didn't really know who she was when she was added to the to the Royals roster and so you've got names like Amy Rodriguez and uh Kelly O'Hara and you don't think anyone, especially with A Rod like is gonna is going to take the golden boot. Uh, Definitely after the addition of Kristen Press. And it's a little, it's a little strange because you want to see our big signings do well, but it's also awesome to see a player like Stengel, like perform really well.
0: 100%. 100%. Yeah. She had a great year. I think she's going to continue to have great years. Um, You know, even though Press came in halfway through the season, Outscoring both of them combined is you know that's a pretty big deal, uh sorry, both of them being um you know press and Amy Rodriguez out of it a bit um so just some of the things about the w league if you're new to it, just to sort of know about um is so runs from October to February, there's nine teams, each team plays twelve games. Then it goes into a semi-final playoff format. So very similar. Actually, pretty much the exact same as the NWSL. Um, And so obviously every team has a bye with the uneven number of of people in it. Um, But it will definitely be something really exciting to follow and to keep up on. um, Especially with injuries. Injuries is something that I'm really kind of I wouldn't say anxious about but I'm worried about it a little bit and it's always in the back of your mind especially with players like um you know uh, Gunny and Rachel Corsi who have had multiple ACL injuries um you know you don't want to see something like that happen and then have them miss the upcoming year because of it Mm mm-hmm
1: Yeah, it's always a little nervy to have players outside of your team's control like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, we'll just take a quick like recap at the at some of the games that happened this weekend. So uh, Western Sydney Wanderers took on Sydney in the Sydney Derby. Uh, did not go super great for Lola Bonta and Sydney Maramontes. Um Lola Bonta had a fantastic game. Um, Hit the woodwork. What a screamer it was. Really wish I would have gone in. Um, She made some great tackles. Had an overall pretty solid game. Uh, She took three shots. She was great in the build-up play. Um, But on the other hand, Sydney Miramontes was not exactly great. Uh, She played as a center back instead of... Uh, on the uh, on the outside is on the outside back, so that was definitely interesting. Um, but she was responsible for at least a goal, and there were definitely some tracking problems. But she also joined the team late, so hopefully we'll see some of that fixed. And uh, you know, I think that this next season will be pretty critical for I think Miramontes, and I think in the W League as well, because you know, obviously Scott Parkinson. Hey Scott, know you're listening. Um And, you know, uh, Laura and Amy, they're watching these games and, you know, Sydney is sort of coming to an age where she's not exactly about to peak, but she's getting there. And when you look at the ages of Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn, Becca Moros, all early 30s, right, Um, you start thinking about the future just a little bit. When Sydney Maramontez is the youngest player on the team, um, in terms of the Royals, it'll be it'll be interesting to see whether she can step up and take those opportunities. Um, but again, she played as a center back and she did not have a good game at all. Ryan, you watched that game as well, right? Do you have any comments?
2: I well, I watched like I know, most of the first half at least, um. But yeah, I uh, I definitely thought that yeah that one that um, that Miramontes just kind of watched the the passes go around her, and and then I mean she realized it the second it happened. They just kind of kind of outthought her right there, and that was unfortunate to see. But I mean those are the learning moments, right? Especially for a, mm-hmm. for a young defender to um, pay attention. I mean those probably aren't too dissimilar from things that we saw Justin Glad go through with RSL.
0: Absolutely. Um, got th-
2: got thrown in really young. And there were some times he got caught w- ball watching and, and got an earful from Nick Raimondo. Uh So, you know, it's just you, you you take every experience as a positive as much as you can and say, you know, next time that's not going to happen to me. Um, she was also dealing with, um, wasn't that Caitlin Ford? Who's one of Australia's yes. best players. So, yeah. like, no shame in, in having a top striker around the world kind of put one over on you. And sneak in and and get a goal there. So, um, yeah, and I and I thought Lowe looked great. I mean, she was all over the place in the midfield, um, just really active. Um, something about being in Australia, I think, just energizes her and gets her really excited and focused. And um, those are things that you know bode well for her because a lot of what these players do when they go down to the W League too is they're trying to make sure that their club coach in America. Is you know that they're impressing them, saying, "Look, here's what I can do." And, and maybe they don't get opportunities here to play those to play that way. Um, but their coach in Australia will let them try it or let them do it, or that's what they want them to do. Um, and also, you know, there have been several instances on many national teams where a player who's not even in their coach's eye at all goes down to Australia. And kills it, and suddenly they're getting call-ups uh, at the international level. So exactly, uh, it's a super awesome opportunity for these uh, for these players all the way around to just go out and play hard, and, and you know get some new experience. Sometimes they try a, a little bit of a different position than what they're used to, but it it lets them broaden their skill set and stay sharp, and try and impress you know everybody that they know. Uh, so. Um, it's, it's fun to watch from that perspective too, because we might get to see players that we know, uh, as a certain type of player or in a certain position, do something different and maybe a little unexpected, but then, you know, that's the kind of stuff that Laura Harvey can watch these games and go, you know, I never thought to use her that way, but when she comes back and especially with the, with the world cup and, and the opportunities that are going to be there for players to get a good chunk of the minutes in the middle of the n w s l season um, if if har if Laura Harvey has options of how she can put the lineup out on the field and really take advantage of these skill sets uh, it just it helps everybody all the way around
1: mm-hmm. I am curious how playing you know full season with uh Utah Royals and then um, a, a presumably a full season in the W league and then another full season um in the NW cell is going to affect a player like Corsi, who's, you know, 29 or 30. Um, that's a lot of games over a year, especially when mm-hmm. you've got the World Cup in the middle of, of a ne- of, you know, your club's season. Like, I just, I worry about injury to her for, you know, for selfish reasons because I want to see her continue to do well for, for the Royals. But also, like, that would be real tough international team if she were to, to be injured at really any point if it was an extended injury. But same with, um, you know, uh, Gunny is also 30, and she played – she started and I think went the full game for every Utah Royals game. She's the only player that did that. She got, I think, every yeah, minute. You're
0: correct on that.
1: I mean, it's insane numbers. Like, comparing her to anyone else on the team is just, like, pretty nuts. Um, But, you know, like – I'm just curious, like she's thirty i'm i'm thirty one i if I tried that, I would literally die uh mm-hmm. that's probably why I'm not a professional athlete um but yeah i'm just i'm I'm curious to see like these players do this regularly, so they're used to it, but at some point you think that has to be pretty hard in your body,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely um you know we will. We will wait and see um, how that happens. And, you know, in case something like that happens, that's also, I think, you know, on the other hand, why the W League is so important, because you do shift Sydney Maramontes to center back, you know, which is very likely be something that will need to happen come next season during the World Cup. Right on, y'all. Right on. Um, should we go to the next game? Let's next do game. it. Next game. All right. So, Brisbane and Perth. Um, this game doesn't have a ton of relevance to us. Obviously, um, Sam Kerr plays for Perth. And, uh, you know, Katrina Minnie Gorey plays for Brisbane. She had her 100th appearance for Brisbane, yes, which she is did. pretty freaking cool uh for a league that only plays 12 games a season plus playoffs you know and that being her hometown hometown club that's really cool and so ecstatic for her um granted we don't know what the situation is going to be with her next year that'll be really interesting to see um her option was declined but as the season went on you know she lost her spot to lola bonta And uh, Taylor Lytle's form picked up drastically and dang, Taylor Lytle was incredible, Um, but she really lost that spot. So who knows if maybe the coaching staff sees her at surplus value, maybe she doesn't want to be here, but it definitely comes back to, I think, in a situation where she wants to be here and the option was just declined it goes back to, I think, this notion of the testing ground that she can work her way back into the team, or, you know, she can work her way to a new contract with the Royals potentially with a good year, which, I mean, I think undoubtedly is going to happen. She was in the first team all 11 for the league last year. She's an incredible player. I think it just comes down to consistency and if she is meeting expectations to the point enough where um she's an asset that can probably at least in terms of the death chart play over Lola Bonta or Taylor Laddle. Who knows? We'll see. Um it's also interesting because the Royals declining her option also opens up an international spot. And so we could see um someone else come in and maybe that could have been the reason that it was done. But It'll be really interesting to follow that and see what happens. Um, so that game was 1-1. Um, Canberra United in Melbourne City. Um, Corsi obviously played. Canberra won 2-0. Uh, did either of you watch that game?
2: I did not. Um, and neither did I. I'm interested to see, like, you know, I was just looking at last year's standings, and Canberra finished 5th and you know, just out of a playoff spot. Um, and had a negative goal differential. Uh, you put a defender like Corsi into your team, and I wonder if they'll be a little tougher to to score on, and maybe they'll pick up a few more wins this season and and get into the playoffs. That'll be. I mean, she can certainly in a short season where the you know the margin. I mean, there were 18 points separating first from ninth last year in that league. So that's not like a, a horrible thing to make up and. Uh, I mean, well, that's half the season is, is 18 points worth. So it's small little differences and, and goal differential can play a huge part in getting wins um, or even, you know, avoiding draws if you're not just outright losing. So um, they could become a team that, that does a little bit better just because she's there to uh, help out with the defense.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Real quick, something I forgot to mention. Um, So Gory did have a pretty solid game. Uh she created four chances, which is kind of a lot. Um and she also took three shots, so nice. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um all right, shall we go to the last game that week? Okay. Cool, cool. Um pretty boring game, honestly. Um so Melbourne victory versus Adelaide United. Um it was interesting in the sense that you did have a battle between Gunny and Sam Johnson a little bit. Mm-hmm. um but it was 0-0 so not super eventful um but Sam Johnson had a pretty solid game at least looking at the stats uh she had 71 passes in that game alone that's quite a few and that puts her at um third in the league for most passes um and then lastly so uh the Newcastle Jets and Katie Stengel had a bye so um, no results on that front, but they will play Melbourne Victory this Thursday.
2: See, and there you get there you get Stengel and Johnson like.
0: Yeah, exactly. How do you
2: how do you you know practice defending your teammate and somebody who you know can uh, get on the ball and like a lot of her goals in um, in the W League last year were what I kind of call the the typical Katie Stengel goal where. Um, you know, she's not creating a lot of that herself, but she's there to pick up a loose ball or make a late run and be on the end of a rebound or something like that. Um, a little bit of a poacher, but she just pops up all of a sudden and she's so big compared to the other players. Like, uh, you know, she's a pretty tall forward. So she just shows up and the defenders kind of don't step in on her fast enough a lot of the time and she gets some good chances to score. But then we know Sam Johnson's not afraid to lay into somebody. So that actually, I might have to make sure I watch that one.
1: Yeah, that's a so really, that's going to be battle. an exciting game. Because uh, it's, it's just going to be fun to watch two of our players in opposite positions really go at it. And super curious how that goes. I think, uh, I'm, I'm curious if that'll create more, more battles or if they'll be nicer to each other. I would inc- be inclined to think that Johnson is a player who's, if she knows you, she's probably going to be a little bit harder on you and she's already a pretty tough player. Um, and yeah. So if I'm probably not going to stay up to watch that one, but um, these are all available on ESPN plus, and that is just such a great value. So I think I'm going to try to catch that one probably sometime on Friday. Yeah, For Great
0: sure. shout.
1: Great you shout, know, Lucas. I,
2: I noticed during the, um, during that USA Canada game for the, for the CONCACAF championship, there was a time that, um, that O'Hara, like, just slid right in on Diana Matheson and, and like, got up and didn't even look back. Like, yeah, we're teammates, but not tonight. <laughs> um, I'm getting the ball from you. And, um, that was pretty, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I, I definitely think that when teammates are, uh, on the other sides of things, you know, when, when you're competing, uh, you just go for the win, and it doesn't matter if you. I mean, obviously, you don't want to hurt anybody, but you, um you know, you can't back off on them just because you're friends on your club.
1: Yeah, I mean, i noticed and I play pickup on Sundays. If it's someone I don't know, I tend to be tend to be a little nicer. If I know them, like I'll go way harder because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. like they know me. Like it's cool. It's just a game. uh And I think when you're at a pro level, it's probably
0: much more intense.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure.
0: For sure. For sure. All right. So, breaking from the W League and going, transitioning to the more interview style. Obviously, we've heard from Lucas a little bit. Um, Lucas has done some awesome stuff with RSL Soapbox. Uh, Great friend of the show. Let's back up a little bit. How did you get into Real Salt Lake?
1: Um, Yeah, I... I mean, I I got into Real Salt Lake just by going to games. I um I didn't grow up into sports. Um, I played a year of soccer when I was in grade school, but uh was at a distinct disadvantage of we played close to the airport, and when the airplanes would pass, I would just stop playing to watch the airplanes. Um, <laughs> nice. So that really killed my career, which is a bummer. But I would play like pickup in college, like. That was always kind of the sport that more interested me than any other was was soccer. I, I would watch the World Cup with friends. Um, but yeah, I moved to Salt Lake in 2010, and I just started going to games and just fell in love with it. I, I remember, like in college, I'd go to I went to a very small college, and I would go to some basketball or volleyball games, those were the two sports we had, and I just loved yelling so much that uh, I remember I, would, I worked in the campus cafe, and the next day after games, players would usually be like great support last night. It's really good to hear you out there like showing support for the team. And I always wanted to be like, well, I don't really care. I just like to yell in public. Uh, (laughs) But, and so I went to an RSL game. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like 20,000 people chanting the F word right now. Like, this is like my jam. Um, And yeah, so from there, just uh, started to go pretty regularly. Um, uh, One of my friends, Alex Gavari, he, uh, he got season tickets with uh, me and Howie Smith, who's done some stuff with Soapbox before. Um, and just the longer I went, the more I feel like I, I love this team. Um, and so I feel like I'm a newer fan than a lot of fans. Um, because, you know, you've got people who are like... if like Ryan, who were at, like, the opening game or around from day one and remember it back when it was at Rice Eccles. Um, and so, yeah, just... Um, a couple probably three two or three years ago, uh Matt Montgomery, who's the uh editor in chief managing editor of RSL cell soapbox, put out like a call on twitter um and I knew randall sir who who does the player ratings and it seemed like fun what he did, so I responded and said I was interested in contributing um so my first year I started writing the off season I just did everything I could um wrote as many articles as I could, tried a bunch of different things, like player ratings is one of the hardest things I feel like I've ever written, even though it's like the fewest word count. And I remember mm-hmm. doing it for a preseason game and there's like Monarchs players and like seven or eight substitutions. And it was, just, I think there was one where they just changed like the whole 11 at like half. And it was just insane trying to, one, recognize people and two, give everyone like a meaningful rating. Um but it was like really enjoyable. And now I've sort of settled into this role of, I've got a weekly column of, you know, what we're watching and that just covers, um, usually two to three, generally three things in the upcoming RSL game. Um, but I'm also like social media manager and one of the editors. So I'll, um, I, I usually am the one, uh, behind, uh, our box tweets. Um, some of the posts on Facebook as well. um, uh yeah and just uh have gotten in this past year of of doing photography which is just so much fun. It's a whole different world um than uh than writing. Um it's it's really nice because I work in a job that I do enjoy but it's really pretty dry and numbersy. Um I work in uh tech finance. Um so I like I'm an early payment analyst so I'm looking at numbers and um, databases and things that are broken um really regularly and so to be able to do something creative like writing or uh photography feels like a really fun outlet for me um and so I started my first ever game game that I shot was a Utah Rails game in in North Carolina I was in um Maryland for a family funeral act actually <laughs> yeah uh and it was like four hours away and I I misunderstood my dad's travel plans and I like booked my stay longer than anyone else um so I had like no family in town and so I'm like well I'll just drive to this game um and I ended up shooting it it was so much fun and then I was like I think this is something I'm gonna want to pursue and so I talked to Cindy about it like so much she's been so gracious and putting up with probably a thousand questions from me about how do you shoot what's normal etiquette um what kind of gear do you use? Ask a lot of gear questions. Um, and so this past year, yeah, that's kind of been one of my main focuses. But I also like to do um, the post-match press conferences. I try to do player interviews when I can. Usually those are just a few questions after training or after a game. But um, yeah, sort of shifted away from sitting in the stands, which is super fun. And I do miss to kind of more of a the media side. And I'm sorry, I was like a 10-minute rant. But that's me talking about me
0: no love it love it um piggybacking off that a little bit so we actually had some questions come in for you and i know that you know you saw them um (laughs) but so got a question from stockton so i guess like what is it like to be on the media side of things instead of being a fan it's
1: so different um I like I miss and I, I could sit, you know, like I sat in section thirty five for f- four years or so at season tickets there. Um that's where Ryan sits, where the guys from the RSL show sit. Um there's so much energy in that section. Everyone's standing, everyone's cheering and yelling and um shouting that things are offside when they're clearly not. Like mm. it's just pure fan energy where your team can do no wrong and the ref is terrible and the other team is terrible and it's just so much fun. Um, and I feel like I've sort of given that up in a way. Um, and the trade off is like, I get to talk to Mike Petke after games, uh, and that's really unique and fun to do. But like, I do miss just like being in an RSL Jersey, like waving an RSL scarf. Um, so it's been a weird transition and I've definitely been try to be very intentional about um how I use social media because like RSL follows me. Um people there's a, a few players that follow me, so I can't just be like, uh, oh, RSL isn't gonna make the playoffs, like ex player, ex ex staff member needs to go, even though there are times where I have opinions about those. Um so I I guess I, now I just try to be more tapered, a little bit more professional. Like I know RSL soapbox is at the end of the day, like an online blog, but I still want to approach it with a certain level of like journalistic integrity because I think ultimately that's what's best for RSL. And I want to see Real Salt Lake and Utah Royals and the Monarchs and the Academy succeed. And so I think there is a real meaningful role, uh, media can play of talk about, talk about the issues, talk about what's good, what's bad. Um, and that, hopefully can help contribute to RSL being seen as like a serious and good club.
2: Yeah, that's that's totally true and like that's something that I actually like that's kind of something that the guys said on the RSL show was about like why we do this and and it resonated with me because it's true for this show and why we do all the stuff that we do for the Royals is like Yeah, we're happy for, you know, we get to do this fun stuff and be involved with the teams and and all of that, but what we're ultimately trying to do is build the supporter culture and and keep people excited and get new people excited Mm -hmm. so that 50, 60 years from now, there is still a fan base for these clubs, and they are still, you know, it's something that Utah is passionate about, so... That's kind of the fun of all of this is is bringing what we feel ourselves out and then, you know, helping, you know, like you say, not just like be negative and tear the team down. But that's one of the things that actually got me into all of this in the first place was trying to be like you can be critical, but there's a positive way to do that that um, tries to help, you know, do things in a a better way than just
1: being kind of a jerk all day. yeah, abs- so, yeah, absolutely. Like I love that. I like I at the end of the day, I think my passion is I want to see soccer grow in Salt Lake City in Utah and the US. Um I I just love Deloitte's vision of wanting to make Salt Lake City the green bay of soccer and not being a football fan, I understand that to mean green bay is a small market team that has done really well uh helps develop good players um, for american football and like i just i love that i love that paired with his vision of women's and men's soccer are treated equally like i've joked about this before but my wife casey um is an incredible soccer player she got a full ride scholarship to a d1 school um she's from um logan and like i've joked about that had Deloitte's vision and what his developing vision of having, like, a women's girls' academy, like, been in place when she was growing up, I probably wouldn't have married her because she probably could have gone pro. Um And so, like, uh it kind of works out for me, but, you know, like, Utah can legitimately be a place where both men and women are developed as boys and girls into, like, really great players, and I think that starts with people being – fans of Real Salt Lake and being fans of the Royals Um, because if you grew up idolizing your local MLS or NWSL team like I want to be I want to be like killer hair I want to be like Kyle Beckerman then I think that translates into like I'm going to play like I'm going to play soccer or you know my dad my mom loves this team like I love this team I got that from them and it just grows and grows Um, and I think we're seeing that and we're starting to see that Um, like just guys like bofa who are from park city grew up watching rsl like that is so cool to me it's so awesome to have those players on our team and i hope that that just continues we need ashley hatch in our team by the way
0: yeah wink wink <laughs> wink, wink i think it may happen
1: well, i hope so i say
0: that mostly out of hope not knowledge but wink wink
1: <laughs> we just start that rumor and maybe the loyal here and be like well i guess so People are writing about it. I mean, it. that's
0: that's what we did with Kristen Press, right?
1: Oh, that was, yeah. More or less. <laughs> yeah. We should just take credit for that. We signed Kristen Press.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a cool story, man. I had no idea. A lot of that information. Especially about your wife. That's sick. Yeah. Very cool stuff. She's
1: great. I mean, unfortunately, she broke her, I think it's called Liz Frank arch or joint. Mm, she had one of those yeah so basically broke the arch in her foot and is halfway through a two-year recovery which is a crazy uh crazy healing time but she's she's getting back i just don't know if she'll ever be able to play like because that's an injury that can be a reoccurring one so i don't know if she'll ever be able to play the way she used to yeah Yeah. takeaway from that story is if you are playing in a really bad pitch you, you know just be careful because she like had her foot in a divot was defending and went Ooh. to accelerate and just collapsed i was like 10 feet from her and she is not she is like the hardest player like she is tough constantly to see her fall down and stay down was like oh something is really wrong
2: yeah oh, wow man. wow um oh, i forgot what i was just thinking about never mind <laughs> I hate that. I hate. That. I was like, I got a thought, and then it goes away.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. All right. Is there anything else you want, I guess, listeners to know, Lucas?
1: Oh uh, man. Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I feel like I've said uh what I wanted to say, but um, yeah. I think just shout out for you guys. Like, uh, I see how much time and energy you guys put into this podcast. I think it's awesome, and I really admire just. Yeah, what you do, what you guys are passionate about, and you make it happen. Like, that's super cool to me.
0: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And, you know, the same goes your way. Um, I know this is just becoming a compliment circle at this (laughs) point. Um, But, like, um, to think that there is someone in press conferences from, you know, our, I guess, as some would call it, our little oracle um, <laughs> <laughs> mm. not that, you know, the word Oracle, uh, the word little was said, but, um, you know, that, that someone from our organization would be in every press conference asking questions is pretty tight. Yeah. And pretty cool stuff. And I will
2: say too, like it helps actually a ton, like finding pictures for our teams used to oh be my so gosh, hard. gosh, yes. yes. And that helps us out a ton because... You get really tired of using the same picture over and over and over again, <laughs> and um, even without someone like you taking pictures for RSL games, um, you know, there's always you know we can always get stuff from them, but like mm. the the Royals pictures have, were harder to come by, especially until like we got more in touch with with Skylar and Roscoe about that kind of stuff. But yeah, just having our own little catalog of stuff that we have access to is is super helpful. So.
0: Yeah, it's been phenomenal. It's been phenomenal
1: yeah i mean that all comes from cindy like i would not have thought about this as even a possibility without without her input so um and she's so talented at photography um but yeah it's been it's been awesome to be able to like take some pictures and actually see like oh you guys use them yeah
0: did you did you have any photography experience before this
1: uh just a little bit not not really um i i did some like stuff at, in a previous job but pretty limited i had done more like a little bit of audio a little bit of video and so photography felt like i could could do that i mean in this day and age everyone thinks they're a photographer because they have instagram <laughs> um yeah and so see the last podcast <laughs> oh, I must have missed that. Uh,
0: oh, oh, oh! I mean, I mean, we we were just talking about it with Roscoe and Skylar.
1: Oh, I did listen oh, to that. Wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it's I mean, I think getting more into photography makes me respect photographers so much more because it's like people make fun of photography like, oh, you just like point and t- push a button. And it is if you're doing it well, it's so much more complicated
2: you know that actually that actually makes me think of um there's a quote in um in the movie Groundhog Day where um where the Larry the 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 guy that Chris Elliott plays who's the the guy that holds the the video camera for the news broadcast mm-hmm. he's trying to pick up a girl in the little like bar of the hotel and and that's what he's saying to her he's, he's like you know people think that all I do is just like aim the camera at it and and just press a button. But there is so much more to it than that. And they, they were kind of being a little tongue in cheek about it, but it you know, it actually is true. Um outside of them trying to be humorous for that for that moment. Um yeah, I, I know that I um I took a photography class back in I I think that was like one of my first years of high school and and that was an old camera that you actually had to load film into and everything, and then you've gotta adjust the exposure and all that stuff and getting getting the right shot and and even you know just what you expose onto your negative, let alone what you process afterwards, like there's some definite skill involved in that that i I certainly at least I never developed it um yeah, did you do dark
1: stuff in the dark room?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, we had we had to do the whole thing where like you go in there and you have to know how to work that canister in the dark. Yeah, because you're gonna pull your you're gonna pull your film out of the little cartridge that it's in mm-hmm. and wind it onto the spill spool and then drop it in with the with the developing solution and you have there's that one part of it where your film can't be exposed to any light, mm-hmm. not even the the uh, infrared light. So. Yeah, they're like, okay, everybody, get your stuff right in front of you, and then, um, you know, get your stuff on and pass it down, and everybody's gonna load the canisters, and then we'll we'll shut the we'll turn the lights back on, and you had like one minute to unroll your film and get it on there, and I mean, digital photography is such a blessing in that sense because I when after I did that, and then I thought back to all the pictures I'd ever seen in my life, and realizing that that's what people had to do to you know either that or if you were taking it to the you know the the store and having them process it through their machine but you know real professional photographers were doing all that darkroom work and then using the using the condenser and 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 printing it out onto the paper uh, manually like photography that it even happened is, is is so amazing
1: yeah i would love to learn that stuff i mean obviously i'm just shooting digital because no one shoots sports and film uh that would be crazy (laughs) at least not that i'm aware of um but yeah i mean if you can understand all that side to it it's a it makes you really learn photography in a unique way
2: yeah yeah because the great thing about digital photography like you think too about you know back when there weren't you know when there weren't digital cameras they had to have several rolls of film because they still took hundreds of shots like in one sporting event every photographer is taking several hundred shots. Well, a roll of film only held like 30 pictures, Um, especially depending on what type of film you were using. That was like a best case scenario. And so they, they're sitting there going, I got to change my camera right now. And what if something awesome happens while I'm reloading my film? Yeah. Like you do still like, you can max out a car, you know, a memory card on a, on a camera now, but you're going several hundred pictures before you even need to think about oh i'm at eight gigs oh, yeah. of memory uh oh, so i took i, mean, I I've took heard
1: of... two I, I the rsl uh timbers game in portland i took 2299 pictures in that game i mean i just got a new camera wow. that's a lot faster but i maxed out two memory cards i think or one and a right. half or something yeah
2: Right, yeah, that's like fifty rolls of old film or something. <laughs> like, it took me days you'd never to, be to, able to, to manually curate change that. that that fast. Sure, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you so you know what Roscoe and Skylar go through like every single night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what they do. They between the two of them, like the number of photos and video that they have, like, it's absurd. But that's the life. Yeah.
0: so much stuff that i didn't know it's it's dang, it's <laughs> we're, dang. Blowing,
2: we're blowing your mind man
0: yeah i know for sure anyways this has been a great podcast i'm gonna head oh, before, out the reason bef- i've been so weird is because i haven't eaten since 5 a.m so i'm gonna do that oh my gosh oh sorry lucas were you saying yeah something?
1: just before i don't think we covered this but um and most people probably know but killer Hera had ankle surgery she's scheduled to be out eight oh, to 12 s- weeks and it was just to clean up um I, yeah, this is the press release. U.S. national team uh, defender Kelly O'Hara has undergone arthroscopic ankle procedure to remove loose bodies in her right ankle. The surgery was, was was performed this morning. It's a couple of days ago in Atlanta. and She will be sidelined for eight to twelve weeks.
2: Yeah, so that's good. I, that's Not good obviously. news. I would not be surprised, honestly, if, like, some of her foot issues that she's had are tied into having stuff in her ankle, too, that's making her, st- like, you know, that's all connected. And if you're if you're feeling pain in your ankle and then you start stepping differently and then you put pressure on your foot in a different way as a high-impact athlete like soccer players are, like, who knows if that's, like, not been helping her for a while now. So, totally yeah. a good idea to just, like, friendlies in Europe with the national team aren't worth... Missing your club season and the World Cup next year if you can take care of that now. So absolutely. Uh, she, she, she had some, she had some cute pictures of of her with her sister on her Instagram the other day where she's got her full like boot that goes up to her knee that's that's keeping her ankle immobile. Yeah, straight.
1: I saw that. That's the that's the boot my wife had to wear. Um, but I'm really glad they're doing this proactively rather than her being out for. I mean, she got she played 517 minutes for the Royals like. You know that's a player you hope that gets well over a thousand minutes uh I mean, playing most games would be ideal um and so it's great that they're doing this proactively in in this window that they have that's not gonna affect national team or club um so hopefully yeah it's that fixes some of the things because I walked right past her when she got that injury mid season um like I was doing photography, she was coming off the field, and she was just like looked in so much pain like tears rolling down her cheeks like you knew that she knew she was going to be out for a while and i really hope that solves some of those issues for her going forward for sure
0: definitely great shout great shout all right so uh should we call it there
1: yeah go eat
2: something I think we're good
0: <laughs> right right on everybody <laughs> i should do that too all right hungry
2: uh, podcasters gotta eat
0: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening to the Royals FC show, everybody. Have a good one.